What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 locked. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 176, and we'll be talking about Stargate SG-1's episode, It's Good to be King. It's good to be king. It's it's good. It's good to be king. It's good to be hey. king. <laughs> hey friends, we're an independent podcast. And if you like what we got going on, you can support the show at buymeacoffee.com slash walking through, which uh that's walking through because there was a character limit, but then I was I was thinking about it. It's like, you know, hey, if we wanted to walk through uh some other show I haven't seen, which would be ambitious, but I'm just saying, like the 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 framework is there for that kind of a situation. So that's that's fun. True. Um but uh, the easier way that you can go to it is uh, just go to our website, WTTS.space. Space! And click on the little coffee cup icon in the bottom right corner. Click. You can buy us one or two or five or ten coffees, whatever you want. And if you really like what we got going on, you can click the membership button. Sign up as a monthly contribution. We also have some wish list items, uh, some technology to make the podcast recording and mixing faster, uh, just a little bit better and easier. Uh but uh, also on the wish list is the uh, is it's more of a wish for you than for me, honestly. Uh, if you want to have us watch a couple more episodes of the non-canonical Stargate Infinity, the animated uh, series that is amazingly bad, uh, there is a fund like there that you could contribute to, and uh, once that reaches its goal amount, uh, we'll we'll watch a couple more episodes and post it on. Uh, Probably on the main feed. I, technically, buy me a coffee has a thing where you can like put posts on for contri- whatever. It, it, at this point in time, it'll probably be the main feed. I don't see any yeah, reason I, to, to, to do something different than that at this point. In I, time. I don't like the fragmentation. Anyway, uh, that's where that's at. And uh, I got a bit. I got a special thank you. Uh, we got Meg who bought us some coffees. Woo-hoo. Thank you, Meg. Thank you, Meg. I appreciate that. And Ooh, if anybody coffee. in your life. Mm-hmm. Yum, 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 yum. If anyone in your life wants to listen to excellent Stargate podcast content, just like this, uh, you can recommend our show to them and they can find it on Google Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, the website, there's a player, but uh, my personal favorite, any podcast aggregator. You can search for Walking Through the Stargate and voila, we will be there. So, Zach. Yes, Brent. If a person wants to make a comment about how uh, uh, I should figure out what I want to segue to before um, just diving in and saying, should I segue about, uh, you know, the use of French in the intro or should I segue on uh, the types of coffee that we like to drink or should I segue on um, the concept of, of, of motorized two wheeled battery powered uh, contraptions that seem to have fallen out of favor in Ooh. modern society? Yeah, there you H- go. How might they, how might they reach out and let so, us know? So if you have a set of perfect transitions for Brent, because sometimes mm-hmm. Brent struggles to figure out what his transitions are. Yes. Email us with those ideas and we will definitely, maybe possibly could be made. I don't know. <laughs> use them. <laughs> <laughs> at walking through the stargate at gmail.com, which is exactly as it's spelled. Yes, that's right. Unless you struggle with spelling, in which case it's spelled the way it's supposed to be spelled, not the way that you think it's supposed to be spelled. Yes, yes. In All of case, these are true. Um, I wasn't looking at my show notes, so I, I can't remember. <laughs> Face- Facebook. Facebook. Facebook's next. That's right. <laughs> Sorry, you got me down the rabbit hole, and I was looking at at buy me a coffee, and my screen was on that. And then, I, <laughs> <laughs> in any case, 
Uh, Facebook is also a place that you can go and and share your stories and thoughts and memes and all that stuff about about about, uh, about Stargate and other things and the Walking Through the Stargate Facebook page and group. Uh, you can go there to make predictions of our Chevron ratings if you want. Uh, yep. You can just say hello. Uh, don't try to interact with Brent there because he's not. Uh, nope. You can try to interact with me and I will interact as best I can. Uh, I am a very yes. busy person and Facebook is a place that I can go. <laughs> uh, you can hey, also go to our websites, which is WTTS.space. Space! And there you can do things like uh, find the link to Discord. Mm -hmm. uh, if you haven't joined us on Discord, go ahead and do that right now. Uh, it's free. It's completely <laughs> free. There's nothing. You do have to sign up. You do have to make an account and all of that stuff. Um, yes. But uh, you just go there. You join the channel. And we've got lots of different subgroups, subchannels in there uh, for general Stargate uh, podcasting banter, for spoilers, for non-Stargate stuff, for all sorts of things. We had conversations about pineapples and tattoos recently. So yes. if this is something yes. that sounds interesting to you, join us on the discords. That's the place where you're going to be able to hear from us most regularly uh, anywhere else. You can find that link on the website. Uh, you can, of course, also find the Buy Me a Coffee link on the website as well. Yep. So, Brent. Yes, Zach. It's good to be king. It's good to be king. It's good to be king. Shall we dig into the background? Yeah, let's get into All this. All right. So, the director for this episode is William Garrity. Mm -hmm. We've heard his name before, uh, yeah. but this is his only credit this season. This is also, in fact, his last credit for Stargate. Ah, okay, okay. Uh, some of the things that he's done in the past, he did uh, Point of No Return Season 4. He did Between Two Fires and Desperate Measures in Season 5. He mm -hmm. did Paradise Lost, which was the last episode yeah. with yeah. Uh, Mayborn in Season 6, and then Disclosure. Mm -hmm. And, of course, he did some other things in the earlier seasons as well that I didn't mark down. Mm -hmm. So that's William Garrity there. Uh, the story for this is by Michael Greenberg, Peter DeLuise, Joseph Malazzi, mm -hmm. and Paul Mulley. All right. Okay. Uh, my understanding, based on the commentary, is that this is kind of one of those uh, scripts that a whole bunch of people over the course of like three or four years pitch different ideas and different thoughts and different kind of concepts in the writing room, and they throw them onto a board, and, and then they don't get to them, they don't get to them, and then finally, like, oh, hey, wait, if we pull this idea and this idea and merge them and that idea and get it together, then we can have this cool idea. So there you go. Yeah. That's how this came go. about. Uh, the actual teleplay for this episode is by Joseph Malazzi and Paul Mulley. Mm -hmm. uh, this is their fourth of six episodes this season. They did uh, New Order Part 1, Lockdown, Endgame, and they've got a couple more coming up. Yep, got it. Uh, we have several guest actors to talk about. Mm -hmm. We have Tom Macbeth. Yeah. And it's Macbeth and not Macbeth, apparently. Oh! Uh, well, so so let me let me back up here. I was listening to the commentary last night, and the commentary yes. was Paul Mully and uh, I think it was Joe Menard, who was the director of photography. And they yeah, were okay. talking about this episode. And they said it was Tom Macbeth, not Tom Macbeth, even though it looks like Tom Macbeth, it's Tom Macbeth. And I have no idea if they were pulling my leg, or if Tom <laughs> was pulling their leg when he insisted that it was Macbeth and not Macbeth, or anything. But that's what they said. There we go. So, we're, well, so hey, so until, we're, until we know better... We'll say Tom Macbeth. Tom Macbeth. He plays none other than Harry King Archon Mayborn. Yay! Uh, we have Nancy Sorrell, who plays Garen. Yeah. Uh, she is the spokesman for the townspeople, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she has a 
very long mini bio on IMDb courtesy of KC Talent. Uh-huh. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I will read some segments from it. Sure. Okay. So uh, she is an award-winning American-Canadian actor and voice artist known for Less Than Kind, Heaven Is For Real, Breakthrough, How It Ends, The Grudge, Once Upon a Christmas Miracle, The Man in the High Castle, and Barbie Fairytopia. Oh, okay. All right. Sure. So she earned her degree from University of Massachusetts, Massachusetts Amherst. Mm-hmm. And then after that, she moved to New York City to begin acting off-Broadway at the Ernie Martin and Intar Theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, she also worked in commercials at this point in time. And then after a few months in New York, she won the role of Coco on ABC daytime drama One Life to Live. There you go. Okay. Uh, she is most well-known for her recent portrayals. This is a quote from her, but recent is like not so recent because this is less than kind is like 10 years old now. Uh-huh. But, you know, yep. hey, there okay. you go. Uh, so, which was an HBO critically acclaimed and multi-award winning series, less than kind. Yeah. So, uh, her first IMDb credit was on All My Children in 1987. She Uh played a prostitute. Oh, okay. There you go. Um, let's see here. Uh, and then I'm going to go with none other than Wayne Brady himself. Treylock, the first prime of Aries. Yep. Uh, first of all, uh, he was super duper excited to be on Stargate. He was a big fan of the show and wanted to be on Stargate. And they found this role and they said, hey, Wayne, why don't you come and be Treylock for us? Yeah, okay. Uh, I do have a mini bio for uh, Wayne that was written by Gwenny at Hotmail.com. I'm sorry, Gwenny oh. underscore at oh, Hotmail.com. Okay. Uh, okay. This is okay. not a new... <laughs> Bio. But here we okay. go. Sure. Wayne Brady was born in Columbus, Georgia, and lived in Orlando, Florida. At age 16, Brady had already decided on a career in the military. Little did oh. he know that a chance performance in a high school play would garner him not only rave reviews, but also permanently alter his long range plans. Soon he was involved heavily in the Central Florida theater community performing in numerous stage productions, including A Chorus Line, Fences, A Raisin in the Sun, Jesus Christ Superstar, and I'm Not Rappaport. Mm -hmm. Brady moved to Las Vegas and then to Los Angeles in 1996, where he began working in theater and television. He performed at the prestigious Mark Taper Forum in its production of Blade to the Heart. He also garnered guest-starring roles in such television series as NBC's I'll Fly Away and The Home Court. And Mm -hmm. in The Heat of the Night... For CBS. Mm-hmm. Currently, Brady is hosting the VH1 series Vinyl Justice, which began in 1991, which premieres in August. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, uh, you said 1991. I think it's 1998. 1998. But the point is still a long, it's 25, 25 years, years ago. ago. Anyway. Brady has also been honored with several nominations for his work in theater, including Best Actor in a Musical for Cotton Patch Gospel at the Distinguished Edith Bush Theater. He was named SAC Theater's 1992 Rookie uh, uh, Rookie of the Year for Theater, Sports, and Improv. Suffice it to say, this is not not, uh, complete. Not recent. Not no. recently. Uh, you no. know, like, so like during this show, of course, he was really famous for doing the American Whose Line Is It Anyway? Yes, yes. Um, touring and on the TV show and all of that stuff. And 
and he's done all sorts of comedy improv stuff and he is yep. great at that apparently yes, one of his early jobs was dressing up as tigger at walt disney world oh hey nice um so as i mentioned whose line is it anyway another show mm-hmm. he is probably known for now is how i met your mother playing uh-huh. uh uh neil patrick harris's barney's brother uh-huh uh his first imdb credit came in 1988 as an extra uncredited in uh-huh. the movie earth girls are easy uh-huh yes uh, a couple of years later he actually had like a named character in the TV series Superboy in the episode The Song of Icarus. He plays John. Uh-huh. <laughs> John. John. Hi, John. Hi, John. All right. So the original air date for uh, It's Good to Be King was February 4, 2005. It was mm-hmm. a month earlier, January 4, 2005 in the UK. But we're not talking about that on no. fe- in February. Uh, number one in the charts, they were still listening to Let Me Love You by Mario. Yeah, okay. And the UK, though, at this point in time, was listening to some brand new Elvis Presley with It's Now or Never. Oh, okay. All right. I don't know that song, so, it, uh, you know, there you go. It's playing in the background. It's playing, right it, you know, it's got those velvety sounds of Mr. Elvis himself. Yes, that's right. Uh, in the box office, we were watching Boogeyman. Uh-huh. Okay. And The Wedding Date. Oh, okay. Right, yeah. and, uh-huh. and and as you're approaching the wedding date, you ask yourself things like, are we there yet? Ah, uh, yeah, okay. And sure. if there yeah. is a lot of anxiety at the wedding date, you sometimes play hide-and-seek with either the bride or the groom. <laughs> and, and then you have Million Dollar Baby, and I don't know how to tie that one in. And we're just gonna we're just gonna wrap it up. That's just that's just all. We're not gonna we're, we're not gonna crash. We're just gonna stop where we are. We're just gonna stop. That yep. sounds like a good a fine plan. All right, all right, wonderful. So, what was happening in 2005 in early February? Mm-hmm. Well, on February one, Arsenal's English Premier League record 33 game unbeaten streak at home ends <clears throat> when me. the Gunners go four and two to Manchester United's United at Highbury. I mean, I'll cheer that the Gunners went down, but I mean, against Manchester United, like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> All right, sorry. Uh, also on February 1, Canada introduces the Civil Marriage Act, which will then be ratified in July of that year, uh, making it the fourth country to sanction same-sex marriage. Uh-huh, Okay. Uh, I was curious, and so I looked. Uh, the Netherlands uh, was the first country to make that legal in 2001. Belgium mm-hmm. in 2003. Mm-hmm. Spain in 2005. Actually, just a couple of weeks before Canada's law went into effect in July. Gotcha. Spain uh, got the bronze. Yep, yep. And then the U.S. nationwide did not uh, make that legal into two, until 2015. Yeah, yep. Um, but, uh, you know, there are something in the order, I didn't write this down, something in the order of like 33 countries currently that have legalized same-sex unions, mm-hmm. marriages, um, which is not a lot relative to the number of countries out there. There's like 180 countries, yeah. So, like I said, not a lot. Yep. All right, also on February 1, a lot was happening on February 1. Mm-hmm. The Nepalese king, Gyanendra. Mm-hmm. Uh, exercises a coup d'etat to capture the democracy, becoming chairman of the councils of ministers uh-huh. in Nepal. Okay. Well, there you go. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Uh, on February 6th, 
We have Super Bowl 39 at uh-huh. Alltel Stadium in Jacksonville, Florida. The New England Patriots beat the Philadelphia Eagles 24 to 21 with Dion Branch, the New England wide receiver, receiving the MVP. Yep. And also on February 6th, Tony Blair becomes the longest serving labor prime minister, uh, marking in at 2,838 days as British prime minister at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay. there you go. Uh, trivia. Are you interested in some trivia, Brent? I would and, love some trivia. Oh, good. Because even if you said no, I would give it to you anyway. I, I Well, good thing I'm interested. That's right. All right. So uh, the little ditty that the villagers were torturing when O'Neill arrives uh, is supposed to be the theme song for MacGyver. Oh, got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. yep. Um, and Interesting. they were butchering it. Yep. Uh, there was apparently a cut scheme. Uh, that uh, they actually filmed, where but they had to cut it for time, where so- uh, Mayborn plays kind of a Solomon-like wisdom character. There's a couple of people disputing over ownership of a duck. Uh-huh. And he orders them to cut the duck in half. Yeah. And neither of them complained about it, and so he says, fine, I'll take the duck myself and eat it. <laughs> and he cooks it for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> um... So, also, apparently, in an earlier draft of this script, it included the younger O'Neill clone. Hmm. Um, but Michael Welch, who played that younger O'Neill, was unavailable to, due to scheduling conflicts with Joan of Arcadia. So, uh, so I bet you earlier drafts, they got the time machine working. Possibly. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I think, I think earlier drafts, they were like, well, I don't know if we can get Richard Dean Anderson here, but we need... O'Neill here, so can we get the younger version of him? I think yep. that's what's nope. going But they, they were able to get the one and only RDA. Yes. Uh, this episode marks the death of the system Lord Ares, which becomes the 13th powerful Guawuld who was killed by the SG-1 team. I mean, we're just knocking them. Just, just, they're like pins. They're more it, than pins. They're, they're like, it, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, it's also... Uh, uh, noted that Ball killed a couple other system lords yeah. at the beginning. Bastet, and I don't remember who the other one was off the top of my head. Um, but uh, And those are actually, the ones that they were named there are actually ones that we met way back in Summit. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, when, yeah. when uh, O'Neill, go, or not, when, when uh, Jackson goes undercover. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, the system lord's system is collapsing very, very quickly. Yeah, it makes me suddenly kind of want to... Uh to to see or read or something uh, you know a a a story covering the exact same period of time but from like the system lords point of view like the collapse uh, the collapse of the system lords <laughs> the well, fall of rome well we won't see that but no. i will promise you that uh the way this is driving will we will see where this goes okay all right so uh let's see here this is the first time that O'Neill is able to go off-world since he became the commander of the SGC. Yeah. Uh, so he did go off-world in New Order Part 2, uh, but then since then he has been stuck on uh, the base. Yep. Uh, it was really fun to see Jack O'Neill back out in the field again. Yes, it was. Um, so uh, when this team, the team first arrives on the planet, Dr. Jackson makes a comment that's like, there's no phones, no lights, and no motor cars. This is, of course, a reference to Gilligan's Island. 
And it's mm-hmm. also a line yep. from the Amish Paradise by Weird Al Yankovic. Yep. So there you go. Um, I oh I wanted to look for this and I missed it. Uh, so apparently when Samantha is talking about Mayborn being right about the prophecy, if you look behind and to the left of her head, you can see a replica of the helmet and crown and chainmail that Graham Chapman wore as King Arthur in Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Huh. Ha ha. That's fun. I wrote that down, and I'm like, I got to remember that when I watch it. And then I didn't. Well, I mean, I guess uh, we don't have any rules for uh, rewatch episodes anymore. But, uh, you know, maybe after we get through all of the ones that uh, had been suggested previously, then we can rewatch this one and look for that. That's true. We could. We could, assuming I remember. Uh, The term (laughs) archon, uh, in Greek, it's archonte, or Mm -hmm. archonta, Mm -hmm. and it's related... Words in English translate as ruler or king. So basically, Mayborn named himself King King the first. <laughs> now I'm just imagining Mayborn in that moment. <laughs> yeah. What should your name be? I should be King Archon. Archon. <laughs> there you go. He was like, King Arthur Khan. Nah, yeah, Arkan. That's better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this was nominated for various Leos, including Best Cinematography, Best Costume, yeah. and Best yeah. Supporting Performance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this episode in other languages, the title was in French, An Old Acquaintance. Uh-huh. Italian, It's Good to Be King. Spanish, The Archon King. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Czech, Once Upon a Time There Was a King. Okay, all right. The Hungarians, it's good to be king. And German, just simply King Archon. Ah, yeah, okay. All right. So, that's what I got. Are you ready for the synopsis? Yeah. Dive in. All right, let's dive in. There's nothing like sitting in a briefing room to be briefed on the setup for this episode. The whole band is back together for this briefing in which we learn that the Gobold system lords are losing ground to ball, as in Bocce... And mm-hmm. his control yep. of the Cull Warriors. And his fragile ants. And his fragile ants. These Guawuld are now falling back to previously abandoned planets. O'Neill doesn't seem concerned. However, Carter continues with her intel report. The system lord Ares is preparing to invade the planet which former colonel Harold Mayborn has retired to. No, no. Oh, yes. Again, O'Neill seems unconcerned. But... After a reminder of all the intelligence that Mayborn might be able to give up concerning Earth, he decides to send SG-1 to retrieve Mayborn. Upon arriving at the planet, the group of locals, a group of locals, give them a cool, uh, I said, I don't know what. Welcome. Welcome. What, yes. How does that translate it to, I don't know. It says weapon on my, I don't know, somehow autocorrected weird things. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. With weapons. They gave them a cool welcome with weapons. With, I mean, they do have weapons. Yes. Um, by the way, I, at one point in time, you see uh, Geryl, or whatever her name is, the like loading her crossbow, and she's just like, click, and I'm like, no crossbow yeah, would yeah, click nope. that easy. <laughs> nope, not at all. <laughs> and not do any damage. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that would go... Phew. Yeah, it's almost like more damage with a Nerf gun. It's almost as if it were a stunt weapon. (laughs) Oh yeah. In any case, they the locals give them a cool welcome and escort them to their king, 
Archon. They are surprised, that is to say SG-1, are surprised to discover that none other than Harry Mayborn himself is King Archon. What? Yes. Now, Carter tries to quickly explain the situation to Mayborn, but he interrupts and tells her that he already knows that the Gould are coming. After all, he's a seer and a prophet. Hmm. Mm -hmm. The team press him for details, and he leads them outside the village to some ruins. But these are no ordinary ruins. No, these are ruins with ancient writing on them. And uh -huh. not only that, these ruins with ancient writing on them reveal a history of significant events on the planet. And not only that, some of these significant events on the planet haven't even occurred yet. No, what? Yes! <laughs> Our lovable rogue used his ability to translate ancient writing to help the people navigate several potential disasters, giving him the name of Prophet, Seer, and eventually King Archon. King, King, King Archon. The King, first. King The first. <laughs> now, these writings reveal that around this time, oppressors of old, those are probably the Guawuld, will return. Mm -hmm. But heroes from another place, that's probably you guys, will arrive and save them and defeat the invaders. Carter now is unimpressed. They did not come to fight the Gould. They came simply to extract Mayborn from this planet. Mayborn, however, refuses to leave, trusting in the prophecy. Mm -hmm. Jackson reviews the ruins and corroborates some of Mayborn's analysis, which is impressive. He goes further and he realizes that there may be... In fact, there is a high likelihood of the that whomever wrote this history had a time machine of sorts, mm -hmm. and that that time machine could easily be close at hand. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so Carter reluctantly agrees that they should give it a search, and so they begin to search and search and search, and finally, just as she's about to call it off, Teal'c discovers something. It's an ancient ship. Ooh. Unbeknownst to SG-1, but known to everyone who has seen Atlantis up to this point, the ship is a puddle jumper. What? Oh, yes. <laughs> hey, Mr. Atlantis, folks, can we borrow one of your really big props for our SG-1 episode, please? Thank you. We got a really good idea, but... Yeah. Uh... yeah. Now, I do need to modify it with this big weird thing in the center of things, but but it'll be fine. I promise I won't hurt it, and we'll give it back to you in like, like a week or so. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. Maybe more like three days, but whatever. Soon. Well, you know, I mean, give us a couple extra days on both sides to get it to where we need it and then give it back to you. <laughs> so, you know, a week. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, a, a week is good. A week. Yeah, yeah a yeah, week. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, they enter the, the jumper, but they can't get it working. Uh -huh. And so, they call up the SGC and ask for assistance from someone with the ATA gene. Yeah. Soon, none other than Jack O'Neill, general of the SGC, walks through the gate and joins his former team. Mm -hmm. Mayborn offers up much fanfare at his arrival, orchestrating a bunch of minstrels to play a ditty. Yeah. O'Neill is just excited to be off-world again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At the ancient ship, O'Neill joins with Carter to fix the ship. However, their efforts fail. Well... I guess it's time to go home now. Yep. With no other options, Mayborn steps down as king and is forced to reveal to his people that he's not a prophet like he claimed and that the prophecies were written on the pillars for all to read 
and he tells them all that they must risk they must leave or risk being killed or captured or or dead or any of that stuff <laughs> or deceased or unalive <laughs> you know, disemboweled or no longer living disemboweled gosh <laughs> Yeah, anyway, but the townspeople <laughs> refused to accept Mayborn's resignation. Regardless of where the prophecy came from, the prophecy is true. We will stay. In addition, the irrigation system, the crop rotations, the new legal code. These are not from the ruins. These are from our leader, King King. King King. The first. You the are first king. Names. And we will not abandon you, nor you us. Well, that's uh-huh. a turn. SG-1 is stunned. Frankly, so is Mayborn. O'Neill decides that it's just time to leave. Unfortunately, it is now too late for them to leave because Ares First Prime, Trelock, and several of his minions, i.e. Jaffa, have arrived on the planet. Oh, no! Oh, yes. While the Jaffa take control over the small village, O'Neill and Carter hide out in the ship. Their plan was to blow it up so that the, the, the ghoul don't get their hands on it. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, Daniel and Teal'c are hiding out amongst the townsfolk. Unfortunately, they are discovered quickly. And with Daniel and Teal'c captured, O'Neill is forced to defend the ship until Carter can get it working again. When she finally does, O'Neill takes the ship up into orbit where they find a Gould Hatak vessel has arrived. Oh, no! Oh, yes. Some of the village warriors, however, attack the Jaffa in the village. Daniel and Teal'c join in the fight. Teal'c takes on Trelock. And the battle goes back and forth. There's sand. There's benches to the back. But yes. it ends with Tilk fulfilling his own prophets. I will soon kill you quickly. Uh-huh. And the yeah. dagger goes into his gut. Yeah. Uh, Trelok's gut, not Tilk's gut, yeah. just to be clear. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah, right. With the Jaffa in the village neutralized, the only wor- worry is that big honking spaceship in orbit. Oh, no. But, oh, yes. <laughs> but O'Neill fires the last drones from the puddle jumper at the Hatak, and these last shots hit something vital, and the whole ship goes boom. So convenient. Very convenient. Good things happens to heroes when they roll a natural 20. Uh-huh. Ares, who had been aboard that ship, is now dead, just as the prophecy of old predicted. Yep. SG-1 leaves. O'Neill offers Mayborn a chance to return to Earth, but Mayborn declines. He'd miss his people. He'd miss his new home. He'd miss his wives. Mm-hmm. The end. <laughs> the end. <laughs> so, Brent. Yeah. It's good to be king. Uh-huh. What'd you think? Boy, I wish it didn't end on a creepy old man joke. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, I really wish it didn't end on a creepy old man joke. So I'm going to do a little retcon here. I'm going to pretend that uh, the women were older than they looked. Maybe there's something about the planet that uh, has, you know, like, you know, like slows down aging physically, but not necessarily mentally. Right. So, so, you know, you can, so, so, so they aren't really like, you know, late teens, early twenties, but maybe more like uh, 40 or so. Right. There you go. And, and uh, I'm going to assume communication and consent across all parties. And, 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 and equitable power, not king power. Anyway, okay. Uh, old 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 man joke aside, we're gonna leave that one alone there. Um, uh, I had a fun time with this one. I liked it. There was there was definitely way too much convenient stuff happening here. Like like 
the necessity that the time machine still be nearby was really weird to me, but whatever. Here we are. Um, you know, they, yep. they, they, they found yep. the DeLorean in the cave, which is fun. Uh, you know, they, uh, they, they almost, uh, popped the gas tank, which, you know, you know, they, they managed to kind of scrape it together, but, but, uh, <laughs> Hey, you know, yeah. Yeah. Aries showing up and then Aries not being there anymore <laughs> with like, with like, with like one lucky shot. Oh, um, and I don't know. This was just fun. Uh, Mayborn's change of heart. Um, it's, it's, it's delightful. I really, 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 really like this story. I, I really hope this is the last that I see. This is a good place to end it. Um, you know, I don't actually want to see not see Mayborn ever again. But like on the other hand, it's like no, nah, no. Nah, this this one ended. This one, this one, this one just boop. Just all right. I I perfect. will I will let you know that yeah. that this is a goodbye to Mayborn. We won't yeah, see okay. him again. Yeah, totally this is worth a great it. way to wrap up his story and send him off. So yeah, he's king of a planet somewhere. <laughs> oh gosh yeah no i had i had fun with this one i was you know laughing at the appropriate spots um the the you know painfully obvious parts were not they they weren't somehow they weren't so bad as to be galling and so therefore it just was fine it just was a fun romp like this was this i've said that about other episodes before this was just a good time um, I was impressed with the soundstage, man. That was, I, I was looking at that, like, like, have we seen that set before? And if so, boy, did they, like, did they keep it? Like, that's an intricate no, set that they had there. I think that's a new set. Yeah, Or at least wow. it's a major upgrade for a set. Um, you know, so maybe they had a previous set, but now it's, it's bigger. Yeah, um, it was but, impressive. Um, I also want to point out the, uh, the Steadicam work. At the beginning, when they were showing that set, they were talking about this in the commentary. The the camera guy. Oh yeah, it was SETI cam. Yeah, um, was on a crane. Above, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And the crane was moving around, and he was doing. And eventually, as it came closer into uh, that little um, aquifer type of thing, yeah, uh, the crane comes down, and he unhooks himself from that and steps off the crane and continues yeah. to walk around the set. Yeah, it was really really impressive. Yeah, it was. That was, I, yeah, oh, this was, hmm. And the, and the lighting on that set was actually astonishingly good. Mm-hmm. Like they did a really good job mimicking sunlight on that set, which, which, you know, at first I was like, wow, where did they build this? And then I was like, holy cow, it's on a soundstage. Like it, it was, it was really, really good. Um, yeah. And it, boy, was it fun to see the old, the old SG one team back together again. Uh, yeah. it was fun to see, uh, Jack O'Neill revel in being off world again. Uh, it, uh, we've got a time machine now, apparently we yeah. don't know how it works, but like, that's huge. Like <laughs> I, I love, I love, love, love time travel-y stuff. I love it. Um, it can get really tricksy and it's really easy to screw up, but you know, Hey, it's fun. I love this stuff. So, all right. Instead of, uh, instead of having to, uh, uh, have a wormhole go through a solar flare, we apparently just have, uh, you know, a little little uh, Spock coffin to, to turn on and we'll figure out how to make that hang, how to, how to go, how to go whiz, whiz bang in the future. Yeah. Maybe we can go to 2010. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, a third time. Um, 
but uh yeah i so i'm trying to also think of just anything like bigger to talk about there but like i mean i'm not i'm not sure man like like there i guess there is the like the topic to talk about of uh, you know like you know the power of governance comes from the people and it is shown in this episode <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah like if you're king that's fine but you know you're the, the people that you're king over have to accept you as king otherwise you're not king anything uh, you you can hold on to that as you retcon that final line about wives that that you know let's be honest mayborn may be king but he's not really in charge <laughs> <laughs> mayborn the wives know what they're doing right 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 because he's like what's this fruit called and she's like blah 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 it's like it's kind of a cross between a guava and a mango like a yeah. guango yeah. Henceforth, it'll be called a guango. And yeah. did you see her eye roll? Oh yeah. <laughs> I thought that was going to be like a problem. Like I thought there was going to be a little bit of rebellion, and I wasn't expecting that she was going to be the one. It was fine. It worked out. It, She's you know, like, to, fine. Hey, we right. still like you. <laughs> right. Right. You know, a kingdom of like what twelve people, fifteen people, something. Like that. <laughs> it's a small village. It's a very yes, but that, but however, and yet that is that is his seat. <laughs> that is his seat. Although he does say that you can just leave that behind when he leaves. Yeah, that's true. That's but, true. Uh, yeah. And I meant the seat in the like the the, the seat of power. Oh, right? yes, you know, that's, yes, yes. That's 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 his throne is in this tiny village. Uh, no, it was fun. I I really did like this one quite a lot. Um, and there's some meaningful stuff. I, yeah, the the beginning setup of like you know the system lord war is going very poorly for everybody, and then Ares bites it at the end. Uh, and you know that that's technically moving the main story forward, but that almost that almost didn't count somehow. Um, that we got a time machine is real, but that also kind of barely counts right now. I hope it counts later. I bet it will count later. But whatever, there we are. We also yep. have a puddle jumper now. We that's do. Fun. Yep. Um, and which is sort of part no- of the time machine. Yeah, and we got a lovely send off to um to Harry Mayborn, who was just dastardly in season one. And hey, all things all things work out now. One thing, though, that I was realizing is that um, I must have misunderstood or forgotten how Paradise Lost ends, because I thought he died, but so, obviously he didn't. No, no. So so Paradise Lost, in, in one of the previous iterations of that script, he does die. But yeah. in the end, uh, he gets, uh, I mean, you know, he tries to kill O'Neill, and O'Neill right. has to shoot him, right. and he shoots him in the gut. Yeah. Um, but then immediately, um, with, with the danger now neutralized, um, and O'Neill wasn't actually trying to kill him, but just right. stop him. Um, he goes there and, and is able to, um, do triage and keeps him alive until rescue comes. And, and so then rescue comes, uh, probably the Toker are able to help heal him. Um, this is all happening off camera and yeah and, that might be why yeah you know so so we don't it is revealed that that he does survive uh-huh uh but we don't see much of him after he's been shot in the gut maybe that's why I um because but but yeah. he does survive and and i think in the conversation between um like it's like he's having a conversation with o'neill and he's lying on the ground bleeding you know he's he's at least not in imminent danger, but he's still very wounded. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he's like, I don't want to go back. I don't want to. I got nothing on Earth. 
And O'Neill makes a comment about, well, you know, maybe we can do something with that. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe we can solve that problem. And so then, oh yeah, off yeah, 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 comment, yeah, yeah. off yeah. off screen. Then there's the connection with the Tokra, and and Mayborn is given a place to live off. Yep, world. and becomes king. And becomes king. King, king the first. King, king the first. So yeah, those are generally my thoughts. Uh, what about you? What you what you think about this episode? Yeah, so uh, I like this episode. I think it's mm -hmm. a fun episode. Um, I I enjoy it. It it's designed to be um, just a a flippant, you know, fun, frivolous episode. Flippant's the right not word, but frivolous. Yeah, right. Uh, is the right you know just kind of um, you know it, it it's not supposed to be. It's not a heavy action story. It's not right. quite comedy, but there is certainly some a lot of comedy in it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but it's just designed to be, um, you know, uh, sugary. It's it's yes, yes, popcorn. It's, it's popcorn. It's a nice, nice piece of cake. Yeah, yeah, yes. Um, uh, and and it's established like that pretty quick. Um, like as soon as you see Mayborn, you know, going, hi guys, <laughs> you, you know, immediately that whatever, yeah. this is going to be just kind of a, a, a silly episode. Yes. Um, and, and, and so then you just sit back, you eat your popcorn and, and you watch it and you have fun with it. Um, you know, and that's what it is. I mean, you get some, you get some meaningful things happening. Um, but because it's just a popcorn episode and it's just kind of frivolous, um, you, I can ignore things like, does this really mean that there's a time machine hidden in the bushes around here? Uh, okay, sure, we'll run with it. You know, wait, this is not very well hidden. How could the Gua'uld who had been here for hundreds of years not found it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. You know? That, yes. Um, but, but, shh, let's not worry yes. about that. Yes. Um, you know, so so there there are definitely plot holes, but because it's a just a fun episode, I I just run by them. I don't worry about them. I just have yep. fun with it. Yep. Um, there is one thing, and and and, and this this might might get the hate thrown at me. <laughs> uh -huh. I don't like Wayne Brady as the first prime. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I I think <laughs> he was. It was, he wasn't that good. It was. It was. I. I loved seeing Wayne Brady. Of course, and I think Wayne Brady is awesome. Yes, but I think he he's got too much of a soft baby face to be this hardened first prime. Yeah, it just yeah. doesn't work for me at all. Yep. Um, I, I I I anticipate getting some hate, and that's fine. Hate me. I don't care. That, <laughs> I stand well, I mean, by this. It's it's um I think that it's a good parallel or uh yeah, parallel to this episode overall. Like it's it was fun to see Wayne Brady on screen. It was fun just to have him there. He played a first prime. It 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 was kind of fan service. That's kind of what this episode is. Yeah. <laughs> kind of soup to nuts fan service. I I I think though that that I could have seen him. He would have been better fitted for either the System Lord Ares. Yeah, you know, sure. I mean, if he had actually been the System Lord, get his eyes glowing a little bit, then you know that kind of soft face with a glare, um, you know, would have worked better for me than the yeah, first prime. Sure. Um, or maybe this would have been a completely different storyline. But what if he was a Tokra gone rogue? 
or wrong. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we haven't seen many Tok'ra lately. Um, what if, what if he's a Tok'ra that, uh, uh, that, you know, goes to the dark side? I don't know, whatever. A Tok'ra turncoat. A Tok'ra turncoat. Um, who knows? Something yeah. like that would, would have, would have fit him, I think, a little bit better. Uh, I mean, the, 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 the goofiness, the silliness of this episode, I think, fit his, his, uh, fit Wayne Brady well, but I did not like him as the first prime. Yeah, I, I agree. So that, there's my hot take. Um, yep. But, uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, like with you, I don't know if I have a whole lot more to say about this episode. It's a fun episode. It's an mm-hmm. enjoyable episode. It's yeah. an episode where you can sit back and just watch it and you don't have to stress about anything. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, go ahead. No, no, no that's all. That's all I got from now. As I kind of contemplated, I think while I very much enjoy, eh, I guess maybe maybe the events of Mayborn's life have have caused him to to gain a humility streak, such that he was willing to, uh, you know, abandon the power that he had been given uh, for the benefit of uh, people that he cared about. I I think strictly speaking, um, that that character development might be a bit of a stretch, well, but I don't, I don't care. Like I like where it went. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to be like, okay, fine. Sure. So, so I, I, I hear what you're saying, yeah. um, but I think it works. And I have a couple of reasons why I think it works and it's not too much of a stretch. Uh-huh, um, okay. One, Tom Macbeth is a tremendous actor and, yes. and you know, he was that vile, just, you want to, Barf in his mouth, type of character. <laughs> in season one, right? Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, sure. Um, but but that wasn't just the script; it was Tom's acting ability. Right? Yes, that brings yes. it in. And then we see him again and again, and it develops to the the rogue NID stuff. And then yep. then he gets caught, and yep. and he's imprisoned, and he loses his you know, favor on that. And then he becomes this rogue character, just kind of, you know, skipping around, trying to make things work. Hi, Um, Jack. Hi, Jack. (laughs) Uh, You weren't going to eat that dog, were you? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, so, so you get all of this stuff, but then, um, especially when we see him in paradise lost, right? He's come and he's like, okay, uh, he 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 lies and is deceitful, but yep. where he's going to, he has information that he can go to a utopia planet, yeah, a planet where all sorts of races from the galaxy have come together and are living peacefully. Yep, and that's what he's aiming at. Now he doesn't get that because it doesn't turn out to be true, but that's he doesn't know that. And that's where he's right. aiming at. So so even at that point in time in season six, he's trying to find a place where he can just stop. Yep. Right? Yeah. Where where yep. he he has he's been the smarmy in government guy, he's been the smarmy outside the government guy, he's yeah. been the guy on the run, he's he's run out of options, he's tired, he just wants some peace and quiet. Yeah. Um and you know, he that's where he goes to Paradise Lost 4, right? Yep. And then he doesn't get it there. And then he does get it kind of here. Sure. Uh, I mean, he's still himself. So he's still kind of a little bit deceitful. But, but he's, 
you know, deceitful because he's afraid that they're not going to understand what he's saying if he doesn't, you know, push it in in a way that they'll understand. Yes. Um, now, you can talk about the morality of that. Right. Um, and he doesn't come clean until he's forced to, but, you know, so he's still himself, uh, but he's also uh, different. Yeah. So I think, it, I think it works. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm absolutely willing to just wave my hands over it and go, yeah, 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 fine. Just because, I mean, uh, Tom McBeth did such a good job with this character. Like, yeah, really, really good. I remember when, uh, you know, when we were first talking about Mayborn, um, kind of remembering how much energy people had around that character. And I was like, I, you know, like, okay, great. Like, he's well, he's uh, when, dastardly. When I told you that we'd see him again. Yeah. And I kind of said that with some excitement, like, we'll see yes. him again. And you're like, <laughs> okay, if I have to. Yep. I get it. I get it now. Yeah. You know, uh, it, 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 I, he's a character that I loved to hate. Yes. And now it's a character that I kind of hate to love. Yeah. Um, I mean, in a way. Right. You know, and but but it's 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 great writing for that character, and and he does a great job of embodying that character well. So yes, yeah, yeah. I don't really have anything more to. Nah, I don't add. have anything else either. No. So let's go to chevrons. Yeah, sure. So Brent. Yeah, it's good to be king. Yep. The return of Harry Mayborn. Yep. The finale of Harry Mayborn. The welcoming of and saying goodbye to Wayne Brady. <laughs> Hello, goodbye. Hello, goodbye. <laughs> the return of Jack O'Neill to the field. Yes. How many chevrons? Out of yeah. seven. Or so, eight. Whatever. Will you give uh, it? Yeah, I, I, could, I could go nine. I could go, I could go ten. You, you, you can go as many chevrons as you need to. It's our show. We can do what we want. That's right. Um, yeah. So I, I, did, I did really have a good time with this one. And... And uh, and I do like the uh, the retcon that turned the creepy old man joke at the end into the uh, ah, ah, are you really the one that's in charge here? Bot, uh, big guy. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, it was fun to see the characters. It was fun to watch them engage with the world. You know, like it was fun to see the pl- interplay between. Jack O'Neill and Harry Mayborn again. It was fun to see Jack out in the field again. It was interesting that we got uh, a, a, a piece of time travel technology. That's cool. Um, we got technically an advancement of the meta story. We've got <laughs> we've got Jack O'Neill with just uh, uncanny ability to kill system lords. <laughs> um, we've got uh, we've got we got some great. Uh, the enjoyable faces to see on screen. Um, it 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 didn't stink. Uh, it it wasn't it wasn't a stellar story, but boy was it fun. Um, yeah, what the heck? You only live once. I'll give this seven. It's seven. fun. Yeah, I would totally rewatch this one again. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like okay. like if you were like, hey Brent, uh, we're gonna watch uh, some Stargate, and I'd be like, sure. What what episode do you want to watch? And you'd be like. It's good to be king. I'd be like, put it on. Let me get some popcorn. There like, you go. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I would watch this. I'd watch this over and over. I, no, I don't know how many times over and over. I'm just acknowledging like, no, this was fun. I enjoyed it. Do I think that it was actually like worthy of seven chevrons like all the way through? 
No, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the heck out of it. So I'm going to give it a seven. Yeah. Somebody else could easily find something <laughs> and be like, man, I didn't like this part. You know what I mean? Like I could absolutely see somebody else being uh, more particular about their judgment of this episode, but I liked it. I had a fun time with it. Seven out of seven for me. So what about you? How many, how many shepherds does this get? Yeah. So I liked this episode. It's a fun episode for all the things that you said. And I'm wrestling with my my chevrons. Yeah, yeah. Um, like if I had to knock it, I would knock it because I don't think Wayne Brady is the right person for that character. Sure. Um, but if I knock it for that, how much do I knock it for? Yeah. Ah, uh, it's it's a fun story. There, 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 there are plot holes, but. It's written in such a way, and it's such a fun story that I just don't give a crap about the plot. Yes, I know. (laughs) Yep. I I watch them. I'm like, what? Wait a second. That's all. We we jumped really far on that one. But that makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. I don't know. You you, you get a time machine now. Okay. Fine. (laughs) We're moving on. You, You. you found the time machine after three minutes of searching. Yeah, Sweet. right? You know, because the sun was in the right angle and it glinted off the windscreen. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what the hell? I'm going to give it a 17. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it, it is a fun episode, and, and I yeah. would be happy to watch it again. Yeah. Um, you know, it, 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 and especially, I was like, right now, my life is hard. Not, nothing, uh-huh. nothing bad's going on. Uh, and, and most of the things that making it hard are, are things that I've self-chosen, right? You know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm having a fun time with my job, but it's, it's hard. There's a lot of yes. things coming to fruition as the school year comes to an end, right? Yes. I'm doing a play right now, which is yes. coming to fruition right after all of the stuff from the, the school stuff and the church stuff comes yes. to an end. So like everything's coming to a head. I just decided to audition for another play, which I'll find <laughs> out if I'm in... <laughs> So I mean, good. I mean, this good. is great, right? So all of this is none of this is bad, but yes. but it's just a lot, and I'm like, yes, yes. And, you know, so so my my capacity for for more is really really small right now. Yes, yes. And just having an episode which is just it's just fun. Yeah, it's good. we get to we get to have a we get to have a guango, a guango. Yes, yes. All right, <laughs> sevens all around. Seven guangos out of seven. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Totally awesome. I think okay, so I'm ready for my predictions. All right, go for it. All right. We have Sean. Uh I think this Hi, is Sean. Sean's first time. So if it is, welcome Sean. And if this is not your first time re- predicting, uh I'm sorry I missed it, but welcome to our little corner of the internet. Well, we had um we've had a Sean before. Is it a different Sean? This is a different Sean. Hi, different Sean. This is this is not Sean S E A N Sean. This is Sean S H A W N Sean. Oh, Sean! Hi, Sean. Yes, it's completely different. Completely different, Sean. All Welcome, right. Sean. So, Sean says sixes across the board. Yeah, very close. Very close. Now to wait a week or so to hear if I'm right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, not a. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, uh, it depends yeah. on what. You, it depends on your listening schedule. That's that's true. <laughs> I'm just about to start. Oh, okay. Here it is. He's just about to start season five of the podcast. Oh, got it. Okay. So, yes, Sean, if you're on season five and you have to plow through this, then it might take you another week or so, depending on how fast you go. You know, yep. I have to say that I really enjoy getting to plow through podcasts. Um, 
And and I always feel whenever I finally catch up, because I'm like, like I'm going to plow through this and I'm going to catch up and this will be great. And then I finally catch up and I'm like, what do you mean I have to wait a week for the next <laughs> podcast? <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, and by the way, dear listeners, uh, next weekend uh, is a scheduled off week for us. I have yes. things going on, so you'll have to wait two weeks. Yeah, after that's this just one the way the it one. goes. That's just the way it is. That's you can re-listen to things. I did something special with the first few episodes. <gasps> Ooh. Yep. So if you want to know what he did, you have no choice but to listen. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> and you know I'm not. <laughs> All right. So we have Adrian next. Did we get through Sean's? Yep, that was the end of Sh- uh, yeah, that's the end of Sean's. Oh yeah, that's right cuz he yeah, yeah, that's right. That's yep. right. Yep. So, Adrian says. Hi Adrian. I think Zach will g- rate it a 6.5 and Brent a 6. Yeah. Yeah, super close. Uh he continues. Super duper close. Mm-hmm. Uh time travel makes my head hurt. So I am I right in thinking that the ancients used the time machine to view the future and then wrote about it on a pillar? Does that mean that there is a cloaked jumper flying around watching SG1? Mm, probably mm-hmm. probably mm-hmm. uh do the events happen because they are written or did they happen when they were written about did they happen then they were written about uh but wouldn't that have changed the outcome mm-hmm. you know th- those those you know sometimes you just accept the fact that you are your own grandpa and you move on oh. <laughs> You move on. <laughs> oh, please, please continue. <laughs> All right. He, he continues. Why was a fully functioning time machine abandoned? Did the yeah. ancients install the pillar and then forgot where they parked? <laughs> oh, no. I can't find it. <laughs> Wait. Is that the same time machine that? Oh, no. That hasn't happened yet. Well, it might have. Oh, time travel. I know. Time travel's tricksy. Yep. Overall, this episode is a five for me. Love the characters and their interactions. The story doesn't make sense for me. I get it. Um, Oh, yeah. uh, So then we have Kim. Hi, Kim. Kim says, I haven't seen this one in quite a while, so I don't remember much about it. What I do remember seemed entertaining, mixed in with a little shenanigans. So Zach will rate it five and a half and Brent Mm -hmm. a six. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Um, now we get other Sean. Oh, hi, other Sean. Yeah. <laughs> other Sean. <laughs> or, 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 is the, Sean. or is the other Sean the other Sean? And this is just the king, Sean. I don't know. King Sean the first. King. Wow. You upgraded him to king. <laughs> uh, on that planet over there where, where Mayborn is? Why not? <laughs> Why not? Two kings simultaneous. That'll go well. We'll rule as two kings. Um, he has a picture of a screen grab from this and says, didn't realize Elon Musk was a Jaffa in this episode. Oh, was there a guy that looked like Elon Musk in the background? There is kind of a guy that looks like Elon Musk in the background. Nice. Um, so, uh, those of you who are interested can go to the Facebooks and look at that picture. Uh, See, this is what we call, um, uh, uh, engagement, uh, driving engagement. We're telling you all these things of what you should do. Yes. You should go to the Facebooks and check out the screenshot of, of Elon Musk and Stargate. Yep. Um, so then Sean actually does have a prediction. Yes. Uh, to the Lion King tune. I'm okay. not going. Uh, <laughs> Mayborn is a mighty king, so Gua will beware. 
Well, I've never seen the Archon, Archon King with futures he does tell. Oh, O'Neill yeah, yeah. is going to be the main event like no general was before, uh-huh. concentrating on ancient genes, working to get his ship, this ship high. Thus far, a seven chevron thing. Oh, it's so good to be king. Uh-huh. Oh, I just can't wait to be king. Yeah. See, I don't remember all of that song well enough to actually sing it. I'm gonna be the main event, so enemies beware. I haven't seen a king of beasts with quite so little hair. Well, great. It's been about, I don't know, 20-something years since I've uh, seen that musical thing. Fair enough. I'm impressed with myself. I'm impressed with you. Thank you. Always impressed with you, Brent. I I appreciate that so much. Yep, yep. All right. So anyway, he continues. Yes. O'Neill is back off-world to fly the puddle jumper back to the SGC, but we run into some issues, and Elon Musk and the rest of the Jaffa arrive to spoil the fun with their good tidings of comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. Mm-hmm. Sam seems to be <laughs> being rushed, despite the ship being a good hike away from the village. I was thinking a few hours walk, not within hearing distance of gunshots, but who cares? Uh, yep. But then we get confirmation it is indeed a Atlantean puddle jumper, our first yep. official indirect crossover, not counting Alien Mist. Bonus mm-hmm. points to whoever <laughs> recognizes the last 10 seconds of music from a previous episode. Mm, I didn't. I missed it. Sorry, I don't get bonus points. Nope. Sean says, seven chevrons all around from this one. Hey! He got it! Good job, Sean. Good job, Sean. I'd like to know what happened to the puddle jumper, though. Did they just leave it there? We'll find out. Uh, Maybe. Or we will find out. (laughs) They took it through the gate. Although I suppose they could gate to a different place. I was about to be like, yeah, how are you going to get that puddle jumper in the SGC? Uh, Well, so they could probably fit it in there carefully. Very carefully. And there there is, you know, the, the ceiling opens up at the SGC. Oh, wow. I guess so. Yeah, that's right. It's a long, long way down. I mean, that is in a former missile silo. Yes. Yes. All right. Uh, next, we have Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Zach. Hi, Brent. Is the first prime of Ares going to have to choke a Tauri? I've always been super fond of this episode. <laughs> I get One that of- reference. <laughs> Wayne Brady did a skit with uh, David Chappelle a while ago now where <laughs> it's it's not the soft Wayne Brady that you're used to. Mm. Okay, then. I, I, I have not seen that little skit there. So. It, it's, it's uh, yeah, uh, it's eye-opening. <laughs> well, you know, when somebody squeezes your neck, usually your eyes bulge, so sure. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I've always been super fond of this episode. One of the reasons I love season eight. While I was watching, not being fatigued from a 12-hour shift this time, I took nope. some notes. Number one. I'm sure this village set is 100% unique and has never been used in a Stargate episode before or since. <laughs> I definitely uh, don't remember it from previous ones, though. It does look familiar. And you put that much effort into a set, you're going to use it again. Absolutely. Number two, Mayborn wasn't lying. He can literally read the future. Yes. I suppose so. Number three, in the episode from season six, Prophecy, Jonas asked Sam how it was possible that there was a prophecy about people from another world defeating their oppressors written hundreds of years before it happened. A time-traveling ancient can explain any prophecy that's been fulfilled in the show. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Number four. It's been said that in the first draft of the script, the young Jack O'Neill, the Cloneal, was supposed to be involved, but was unavailable to film. Mm -hmm. That's true. 
Or at least yep. that's what was said. Number five. When O'Neill comes through the gate, the song the villagers were playing sounded awfully like the MacGyver theme song, mm-hmm. thus the reference to torturing that ditty. Mm-hmm. Number six. The Aries symbol looks like a frog, especially the gold uh-huh. one, which yep. is much more pronounced. Yep. Well, there you go. Hey, Wayne Brady did choke a Tauri. I was just making a joke earlier. I didn't actually remember that scene. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, well, the planet that SG-1 was on this week looked like it could be pretty hot and humid, but not nearly as hot and angry as Carter looked when Mayborn mentioned his wives. Mm-hmm. Oh, Mayborn, will you ever learn? Mm-hmm. And we get to see O'Neill flying a jumper. Flying yep. so well, he could have tried out for the Top Gun group. But then we would have to make some sort of a danger zone joke, and we aren't going to do that. Sorry. We aren't doing that, Brent. All right, sorry. Okay. Uh, all right, he says, I love this episode. I think you both will, too. I predict sixes all around. Oh, very, very close. P.S. Brent, did I make it harder this week? No, you didn't. <laughs> all right. Um, so then we have Rowan. Hi, Rowan. Rowan says, I ran out of time to rewatch the episode. Let's ju- so let's just say. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's Harry Mayborn. Is this episode yep. good? I can't remember. This episode marks the halfway <laughs> point for live-action Stargate. Way to go, guys. Only uh, several more years to go. Hey, nice. Let's say Brent will give it five and Zach will give it four and a half. This episode has an IMDb rating of 7.9, which is a four and a half chevrons, putting it in the top half of Stargate episodes yeah. overall. I thought it was better, but yes. So I'm sticking with my seven. But uh, I, I went with a seven because it was fun. Um, but I would also be be okay with, like, you know, like if I wasn't doped up on endorphins and all of that stuff, I might just be a six. I mean, the story was sloppy. It, it, it was. But, but uh, you know, it was fun. But sloppy like a sloppy Joe. Yes. Right? Unless you if hate you gotta- sloppy Joes, in which case it's nothing like a sloppy Joe. Yeah, and then you just pick your own sloppy thing. But, you know, like, if you're trying to, like, you know, eat a sloppy joe while wearing a tuxedo, that's a terrible idea. That's true. But if you got yourself a plate, a knife, and a fork, and you're just doing it, it's fine. There you go. Maybe it's like a fajita. Ooh. I like fajitas. Me too. All right. Uh, those are the Facebooks. What uh-huh. we got on the Discord? The Discord. We have Helio. Hi, Helio. Yeah, Helio. He's got, he says, wow, RDA couldn't handle staying out of the action too much when his face is the one still appearing first in the initial credits and doing action scenes. No kidding. Hmm. Hey, Melbourne. Oops. Mayborn is back. (laughs) We have to (laughs) save him, Jack. In the fight, ghouls, wars. In the fight, ghouls, wars. He may get a boo-boo. Oh, yeah. I felt Jack had uh, to really be convinced by Teal'c on this one. Teal'c could have uh, been more convincing if he had just said, also, he possesses knowledge of Earth's defenses that could undermine the safety of the planet. Mayborn is a king? Things really changed for him. Wives? Carter almost killed him with her eyes. <laughs> Reminds me of the ta- of all the frustration she must have had on Emancipation, which probably was brought back. I'll let this, in my opinion, terrible scene pass because it was not explained what uh, were their customs of these people before Mayborn's arrival. 
but the writers and or the director should have given space three seconds of time to say it's their customs or something. Also, <laughs> also RDA and the writers wouldn't let let the uh, wouldn't let pass the opportunity to put the primary league uh, inside a cool uh, jumper pod, which is also one of the coolest techs of the spinoff series. As always, we couldn't give the team a new tech also fueled with guns. Yep. Maybe the ancients also predicted and left just enough energy and juice so that SG-1 could do their thing without bringing a power shift to our galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not that. Oh, that's a good explanation. Why was the time machine there? Because it was needed for uh, for the prophecy. That's a, That's an interesting take. Uh, well, maybe, maybe the guys who uh, left it there, left it there intentionally because they knew that SG-1 would need it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. That's, yeah. So here's go. the thing with time travel. Yes. Is that if you twist things hard enough in any direction, you can find an explanation for why anything is weird. And yes. Weird. Yes. Half the reason why I like time travel stories so much is that when they're done well, boy, they're, they're just they're just enjoyable. But yeah, yeah, they, they are the ultimate deus ex machina. Yep. All right. Elio continues. Uh, without bringing a power shift to our galaxy, not that it would uh, not that it would be a bigger shift. Uh, as the Asgard already helped us with the Prometheus's shields. Uh, if I didn't know the future, see what I did there? Haha. <laughs> ah. uh, I would be excited to know what the SG what the SG one can do to restore a jumper capable of traveling through the Stargate and space, a time travel device, and maybe recharge the pod with the drones in it from Antarctica. Hmm. Well, right now, it's just one more ghoul overlord that SG one risked uh, risked from the board. Kind of getting boring. <laughs> just just like putting the garbage out every week. <laughs> Uh, the gods don't even appear anymore. Just play, just pay the Jaffa salaries to appear. And we're good to go on this episode. I like this episode overall, relatively speaking, pun intended. Ha ha. Uh, I give it a five for the fun part. I guess Brent will give it a five or more if he got excited about the possibilities of the future. And Zach will give it a six because he knows what the future has for us. P.S. Written by me, fixed by GPT 3.5, rewrote by me, and not fixed by GPT because I'm tired of copying and pasting from here to there and vice versa on the phone and having to fix everything else. Also, the chipmunks just woke up again, so I need to babysit <laughs> so my bathrooms don't turn into a swimming pool again. <laughs> oh, good luck with those chipmunks. Oh, Elio, that's fantastic. No, Thank man. you so much. All right, we've got Jen. Hi, Hi Jen. Jen. Oh, I absolutely needed that episode this week. It felt like all the things that I like about SG-1. It had our flagship team out and about with General O'Neill. I mean, I love that Sam is leading SG-1, but I really miss the team dynamic as a whole. Add to that a good amount of humor and familiar faces. Since his blatantly bad skills hacking a computer, (laughs) (laughs) Harry Mayborn has come quite a long way. He's apparently learned to read and translate ancient writing, not as good as Daniel, but good enough to pose as a prophet and king for for telling the future as King Archon to his keen people and newfound wives. Yes, plural. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Lucky yes. bastard. That's at least Jack's opinion. I couldn't care less about the circumstances or the surrounding story. This episode was all about watching the actors play their characters and observe their dynamics. RDA's mannerisms were in perfect harmony with Tom Macbeth's counters. I didn't realize how much I missed our heroes as a team until I watched this episode again. Almost a little bittersweet. You might guess I really, really, really liked this one despite it not having been my favorite episode this season. It's a seven out of seven chevrons for nostalgic regions purely. The, se- the episode found me at a place where I needed to watch my favorite team being a team, and it cheered me up as it usually does. 
My guess is that Brent and Zach also really enjoyed Harry Mayborn's stint as he returned from hated, uh, as he returned from hated to almost beloved character, especially for Brent. As I remember season one, Brent hating on Mayborn. Yep. Yeah. Brent yep. will give this a solid five out of seven. Zach might have similar nostalgic feelings as me and will go for a six out of seven. Ah, yes. Definitely a little bit more, but uh, yes, it's certainly reasonable. And we've got uh, Jenny Dean. Hi, Jenny, Jenny Dean, Dean Anderson. Jenny I wonder Dean if Anderson. she's. Re- I wonder if she's related. Is she related to Richard Dean Anderson? I don't know. But we, we, got, uh, we got to know. <laughs> we got we got Jenny. I think this is Jenny's first time writing in. Too, I, I think, think so. All Welcome. Right, so we got Jenny. Hi, Jenny. Long live King Archon. This episode is a lot of fun. We get to see General O'Neill off world with the rest of SG-1 while he blows up a ghoul ship using a time machine spaceship. Woo-hoo! The time jumper. Nice. Oh, is cool go. and really opens up possibilities for future plot. Yeah. Yeah. Is this the first time we have seen a puddle jumper outside the Pegasus galaxy? I think so. Indeed. I also Indeed. think so. Yeah. I'm going to rate this episode five out of seven chevrons. Uh, earning points for guest stars from Tom Macbeth and Wayne Brady, the way a time jumper can help future plot, and for bringing old Neil off world. My prediction is a four for Brent, a little higher than that, and a five for Zach because of future season stuff, f- future season finale stuff. Uh-huh-huh. I have there no idea go. what she's talking about there, Brent. Uh huh. I'm sure you don't. All right. And that's all we have from the Discord. All right. Thank you very much for the Discords. And we do have one more, uh, one email from a good friend of the podcast, David. Hi, David. Uh, he gives us a royal Chevron encoding bias buffer. Oh, fun okay. and dumb in a good way. Yes. Yes. Yep. So my favorite scene is when TV's Wayne Brady is making his entrance to King Archon's court. He must have been a big fan of Stargate because as he enters the frame, just before he faces the camera, you can see he has a huge grin on his face. It's like he's super happy to be playing a Jaffa on Stargate uh-huh. and can't quite control his expression until he faces <laughs> the camera and gets all serious. Yes. I'd be doing the same thing. That, that, that I'd be doing the same thing was actually from David. David said, he uh-huh. yeah. I mean, I, I would I also mean, do the same if thing. If it was me, I'd me too. Yes. Um, all the other stuff is good, too, as no doubt you and everyone else has said by now. Brent yeah. gives it six. Whose Chevron is it anyway, Chevrons? <laughs> yes. And Zach Very will close. give it six. Let's make a Chevron deal, Chevron. Yes. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Nice. Very nice. So, uh, very close, David. Um, I, You know, we were considering that, and it could have been sixes all around, but we yep. went to the sevens. Yep, yep. And that's what we have for, for emails. That's our predictions. Thank you, everyone, yes. for helping us out and making this part of the podcast. It's fun. I love it. It's yes, me great, too. It, it, I, 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 I'm, I'm verklempt. I, I don't have my words. <laughs> I lost. Them. I'm just so choked up. <laughs> if, if, if only there wasn't a comedic Jafar strangling me right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's, gonna, it's gonna choke his act. Oh no. Anyway. Nah. Yeah. All right. So, Brent. Yes. The next episode. Uh-huh. Not next week, but the week after that. Yes. Uh, is a Stargate Atlantis episode. Yeah. Entitled yeah. Hot Zone. Hot Zone. Oh, that hot was zone. better. I, okay. Well done. It's not just simply it's not hot danger zone. It's not danger zone. It's no. hot zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin. All right, Kevin. I take back my remarks. Okay. There you go. There you go. All right. So, Hot Zone. 
Yeah. What is it all about? Hot Zone. This will be fascinating because I haven't watched the promo yet, and yeah. I can't remember off the top of my head what this episode is about, so I'm really <laughs> anxious to see what you have to say. <laughs> all right. Okay. Hot Zone. All right. Let's give it a shot. Ready? I'm ready. Next time on Stargate Atlantis. Our Atlantis friends are traveling around the planets of the Pegasus galaxy, once again looking for friends and resources and, of course, power. Talk ah. about the power. Now, with their recent encounter with the wraith that has been uh, around there for 10,000 years, having just been recently dispatched as if he were a scarecrow in a field with C4... We have then given the bounty, absolute bounty of information that is located on that Wraith ship. So much information, and it's just right across the solar system. Very easy to get to. And so, therefore, we are chipping away at it and hacking and splicing and other hackings and finding <laughs> ourselves piles of information. Indeed. Things are looking grim. With this new information, we discover that our original estimate of something like 60 hive ships all waking up and coming around is accurate. And not only is it accurate, we now have understandings of what is aboard those ships. And it is terrifying. You see millions, millions of millions. wraiths are suddenly aware of the great awakening that is happening and it is now very difficult to find any respite in this very, very hot place to be. Very, very much excitement and very much activity. But that is not what this episode is about. No, no. This episode is an episode in a bottle. This episode is taking place on Atlantis. Very specifically, the cafeteria. Uh -huh. Yes, these people have to eat too, you know. True. And they certainly aren't just eating on MREs. I bet you dollars to donuts they have developed themselves quite a nice little commissary, if you will. And if you go over here, you'll see that we have a delightful salad bar filled with crisp veggies and tomatoes. That is also a veggie and other assorted fruit. fruits and veggies. Delicious. Mm. And over here we have the soup bar. Mm, yes. Mm. And you see we have the soup of the day. And it is the soup du jour. That ah, sounds delicious. Mm, I like that one. I'll have that. And over here we have your sandwich station. Yes. We have an assortment of breads and meats and cheeses that you could put together in any sort of which way you like. We'll even toast them for you. <gasps> mm -hmm. And over here we have the grill. You can have a hamburger or a hot dog or a chicken sandwich and don't forget the fries but most importantly right here in the center in the place of prominence we have indeed the areas where you can enjoy an entree the entree of the day right here in the, the entree du jour zone. oh you can have your entree du jour <laughs> right here in the hot zone. Join us next time on Stargate SG. No, 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 no. Stargate, Stargate Atlantis, <laughs> where we go get a bite to eat in the hot zone. So I would just like to point out that you yeah. basically described the layout of my college cafeteria. I basically described the layout of my college cafeteria. <laughs> I would like to point out that my college cafeteria became a uh, uh, a model by which other cafeterias oh. across the country 
model their cafeterias after. Well, look at that. Then yeah. I guess uh, I guess that your college uh, was uh, was was the uh, was the Ur Hot Zone. Ooh. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Do you think this one is about, uh, about cafeterias? You know, it could be. Yeah. I, I, I don't remember an episode about cafeterias. <laughs> no, that's not, not, not necessarily true. I do remain, remember some scenes in Stargate with cafeterias. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've several. seen the cafeteria in the SGC, so. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, shall we watch the promo to find out? Yes, indeed. All right. I am going to hit play now. Next time on Stargate Atlantis. Johnson, what's your position? We need backup. Oh no! What? Where are they? Oh dear! Down this We're on our way. Uh oh! They're going for the meatloaf. A deadly outbreak on Atlantis <laughs> places all lives in jeopardy. No. Can I have everyone's attention, please? We have run into a questionable medical situation. And at Dr. Beckett's suggestion, we've decided to put the city into a self-regulated quarantine. Uh, we know about quarantines. <laughs> For at least the next couple of hours, I need everyone to stay where they are. No one's going to do that. Oh, no! As the terrifying outbreak spreads, will they be able to stop it before Atlantis is doomed? This has nothing to do with it's all well, maybe it's from the cafeteria. On Stargate Atlantis. Well, you know, there was a shot of the cafeteria there. Yeah, I guess that's yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. They did they did have the commissary in there. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, uh yeah, no, that just that 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 barely has anything to do with food. Well, you know, that one guy was very, very sick and he collapsed into the, you know, commissary of food and such and and such. Yep. So you know, but we all know everything about quarantines and pandemics now, and we know that this isn't going to go well. No, because, just like we saw the guy came. Yeah, he's just because like, uh, you know. humans don't know how to stay put. Now they don't. No, no, no. It's against their nature, I guess. It is. It is against their nature. Well, if you have any comments or questions or concerns about the podcast, <laughs> if you have determined that we are way too silly. And we need to tone down the goofiness mm. and be dour and serious and and more dour. Um, then you're probably you going to have to find a different podcast for that. Then, <laughs> then you can uh, email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com and register your complaints there. They uh -huh. will be uh, administrated appropriately. <laughs> they will be duly noted. <laughs> you can, of course, also go to uh, the Facebooks and the Discords and the websites and all of those things. Yep. And uh, with that, I say I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And this has been Walking Through the Stargate. See you next time. Bye. Carter, dial it up. Get these people home.